Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls preview show. Well, normally we have Matt Joy with us. I'm sure some of you have seen his message recently that he's put up on Twitter saying that he's taking a short break. We just want to wish him well and we hope that he's back with us soon. And also we completely endorse what he's saying about if you have any mental health issues, talk about it. Don't keep it in. And I'd never have known if I was speaking to Matt and that is a prime example. I mean, Dave... We've all been talking about these situations and we just want Matt to be back with us as soon as possible, obviously. But take your time, yeah. Matt, whenever you're ready. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you've got a lot of people around you. So, uh, yeah, reach out if you need a chat. Yeah, definitely. So now let's move on to who we've got with us, who've just been introduced, who I didn't do properly. And that is Dave Stevens. So, hi, Dave. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks uh, Thanks for having me on. Good to Good to see you for one of these. Yeah, so unfortunately, I've got you on just after a defeat against Brentford, but we're now kind of 24 hours on almost from that match. I still think we played really well, considering the form that Brentford are in. Just looked up a stat. They've picked up, is it 37 points from 15 games? I mean, that's just crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's outrageous form, and um, they've been one of the better sides in the division for years, uh, recent years anyway, and this year there's something else. I mean, you, you don't go that many games unbeaten by accident. You, you you really have to be a good side, and and we saw it last night. I I don't think we played poorly. I don't think that we were overrun. The scoreline doesn't really reflect it, but you know you, you can't really say too much about uh, about losing to a team like them. No, definitely. I think we played well all over the park, really. I mean, it's hard to pick out anyone who was below a seven. There's plenty of eights in that game as well. Um, there was a little mistakes at the end, which we've talked about in the previous podcast. But I think there's lots of positives to take forward. And if we play anywhere near that level on a you know, consistent basis, we're going to be absolutely fine for the playoffs, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. I mean... You, you never want to take your foot off the pedal and you, you don't want to start counting your chickens. But like you, you look at the the teams that could push in and take our place in, in the playoffs and we're doing better than them. And the the stat I saw yesterday, well, not stat, the, the tweet that I saw earlier today, that was the last time we, uh, uh, sorry, the first time we lost since last time we played Brentford. Mm. They're, they're a great side. Um, it, it, it's not something where you just take the loss and move on and say, well, it doesn't matter. Of course you don't want to lose. And some of the nature of it was, was a bit of a shame, but you know, the, you look at the teams around us in the playoffs. I don't think there's a team better than us there. And you look at the teams, you know, from seventh down to what 12th, I'm not worried about any of those. So I think we're still good for playoffs. Automatics. I think it's going to be a struggle. Now we've seen the quality of the three teams that are really in that group. Now we've seen Norwich, We've seen Swansea. Swansea game was the nearest one, considering the team that we were putting out that night. But for me, Brentford are the best of those three teams that we've seen so far. The quality of their goals. But can we still push for the automatics? There's still a lot of games left. Yeah, there's a lot of points on offer and anything can happen. And then you, you also look at these, these teams ahead of us and they're not known for, um, you know, every single week, 100% performances. Um, Brentford, yes, they're un unbeaten in a long time. And, and yes, they're, they're a great side, as we've said. But, you know, they, they had a scare against Wickham first half. Um, and you, we, we know how Wickham are doing. So 
it, there's nothing to say that it, it's time to give up. Um, I, I think it is a stretch. I think that if you contrast the results that those those top three right now are getting to, to what we're achieving, that's difficult. We get Mate and Swift back fit. We keep the current crop fit. Maybe that's that's a little bit more of a thing, but I do feel that we're we're going to continue to have these little little impacts from uh, from certain folks. Yeah, the point. problem is we've been blighted by these slight injury setbacks throughout the whole season because we haven't got the depth of squad, <laughs> and we see it by the teams above us. They have the extra bit of quality, so I think maybe we might suffer at some point. I mean, we're all got our fingers crossed that Lucas Chow doesn't get injured because if Lucas Chow gets injured. It could change a lot of things, but we do have that eight-point buffer still going into the game on Saturday against Millwall, who sit 14th in the league. Obviously, way back in November, right at the end of it, we had the one-all game against them with a beautiful pass from Michael Elise to uh, Lucas Jow just after half-time. One of his best passes of the season, I would say. How do you think it's going to go against Millwall, Dave? Um, I think what it's going to come down to is... Um... They're not big scorers. They don't. Um, they don't really have that flash like you have a Brentford or a, a, or a Swansea, where there's like a mo moment of brilliance. Um, the general solidity of our defence, um, back four plus Raphael. Yes, <laughs> there was the, some unfortunate um, third goal actions yesterday from from Raphael, but generally speaking, you know, he's been he's been good. Um, if you if you look into our defensive solidity, especially with Rillamotta and uh, Lauren ahead of ahead of the back four, it's hard to see them scoring. Maybe a set piece. We're generally pretty good at defending set pieces, but even so, it it, it shouldn't be a high scoring game from their side. Um, it will depend on how our, how we show up this time out. If we show up like we did against Stoke, it's going to be a frustrating day because you know. They're, they're, they're not pushovers either. I think they've got, uh, if, if I remember right, like zero goal, goal difference yes. right now. <laughs> Scored as many as they've let in. So it's not like they're shipping goals either. But if we click like we did against Brentford, like some of the attacking plays there, I think that's going to be too much for them. So I do think that we've got enough to win. Yeah, I think so as well. I think we should be able to get past this Millwall team. It's never, ever easy, even in the last few years when we've played them. It's always been quite a close game at the Medeski Stadium. Um, away, it hasn't been so good, but we don't need to worry about that. And we also won't have thousands of uh, Millwall fans coming down the road because there's absolutely no bastards at the ground, is there? We all know that. <laughs> so, what is your score prediction, Dave, for Saturday? Uh, forgive me when this backfires, but um, I really think we're looking at a reaction to the, de uh, the defeat at Brentford, uh, against Brentford, sorry, and I will go for a 3-0 win for running. 3-0. I like your confidence a lot. Yeah, I went for a 2-1 earlier when I was talking to the Mill fan who's just coming up in a moment. But yeah, I hope you're right. And cheers, Dave, for joining us. Um, hopefully have you back on another one soon. Sounds good. Cheers. Uh, now it's time for the opposition view. And we have got Nick Hart from the Acton Millwall podcast. Nick, how you doing? I'm good, Paul. How you doing, mate? Not too bad, not too bad. A little bit deflated after defeat last night against Brentford, as you would expect. But we move on to the game against you on Saturday. Well, the yeah. last time we played you was right at the end of November in a one-all game. How's it been going for you since then? 
It's been a strange old season, in truth. Um, you know, I'm not sure any of us are enjoying the game at the moment. Um, I, I think, obviously, the lack of fans at the, the Den is a massive, massive um, loss for us. Um, Mill's known for its home form. We're, we're, we're a club that um, has to make up for lack of budget size, lack of um, you know, lack, lack of resources compared with many in our league. Now you look around that league, and it's a it's a money league, Paul, isn't it? At the end yeah. of the day. And you know we we make up for it with the 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 uh, the twelfth man the the crowd and that's not there at this season so it's been a struggle um, certainly one of the strangest home seasons I've ever known I mean we've been relegated from leagues and we've had better records at home than we've got this season the the, the number of draws I think is is the is the key to our season we just can't seem to turn those draws into wins. Yeah, totally. Just looking at your last six matches, you've got two wins, three draws and only one defeat. So you're hard to beat, that's for sure. And in those uh, six matches, you've got nil-nils against Watford and Norwich. So mm. you, you're not, you, you know, the bigger teams in the league or the, you know, the tie part of the table, they don't bother you. You will get results against them too. Yeah, I mean, it's a deep psychological, you'd have to have a whole show as to why Millwall <laughs> come into their own against um, bigger clubs and really yeah. struggle against the, the, the minnows or, the you know, the, the, the lesser lights, whatever way you want to put it. Um, and this has always been so, you know, from, from the very t- start of my following the club 40-odd years ago, we've always done brilliantly well in the big situations and then somehow um, games where it doesn't matter, it's all a bit flat and um, there's none of the adrenaline rush that you, you know, we depend on so much. So, no, I mean, I, I think um, Saturday is going to be an interesting game. We've actually come into it on the back of two two halves of decent football, and that's against Norwich, um, where we absolutely battered them in the second half. The first half, not so much. It was a bit so-so, you know. They're a decent team, and it was 50-50. Second half, we took the game to them, and really, really, we were unlucky not to beat them. Um, and then again on Saturday against Sheffield Wednesday, the first half was... If you get that Millwall on Saturday, the first half Millwall, you'll 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 be happy. Um, if you get the second half Millwall, then you'll be very unhappy because <laughs> it was a game proverbial of a game of two halves. I, I I can't explain it if I'm honest because um, the squad have just lacked consistency. They've lacked confidence, and at times we seem to click. We nearly clicked against Norwich. We certainly clicked against Sheffield Wednesday. So if, if they can do that on Saturday, then it'll be a game. It'll be a proper game. If, if as, as so often happens, it's it's all a bit so-so, then um, it, it, we'll either draw or we'll, we'll get beat. Um, you know, it's it, it could go one of two ways here, and I'm, I'm not, not prepared to call it, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you say your standout players then in those last couple of games that possibly have made a bit of a difference? I mean, Jed Wallace, who was, I think, is an ex um, ex Reading man in the in the past, I believe. No, no, no. Well, scrub no. that, cut, edit that. Um, <laughs> and uh, Jed Wallace is our creative outlet, and he can do things, um, you know, at the, on the ball that, um, that you would cross the road to go and watch. I mean, many many players in this game are functional players. They're they're squad players. They're they're decent blokes and they're decent squad players. And but some players can do things that you you would pay money to watch. And Jed is one of those players. He's our one creative player that really stands out. Um, otherwise, we you know, we've just lost, unfortunately, to injury. Ryan Leonard, who's been a real um, a motor, a powerhouse in midfield and, and in defence in recent games. 
Um, and he's, he's just been lost to injury. So that's that's a real shame. We've not had much luck with injuries this season. Um, I don't know how much that's the, the frenetic pace of the COVID season that we've got. You know, um, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, that kind of approach. Um, the Dens pitch is looking like the Somme circa 1916 because um, I couldn't relay it in the what we had of the the break in the season. Mm. So you know, it, very heavy. It's been a heavy season, heavy workload, heavy pitch. Um, we look better away from home where we can play an outright defensive game. I think there's still this strange expectation in a a season where there is no home, there is no away. Um, that, but at home, you take the game to the opposition. And I think we struggled with that a little bit. Um, as I say, we worked it worked well on Saturday, so I'm hoping we can reproduce that. If we do, then it should be a decent game. Yeah, totally. I mean, you've got the four goals against Sheffield Wednesday, which is a mm. great win for you. But overall this season, you've really struggled to get goals, haven't you? I mean, that's been one of your major issues. You've only got 26 goals, which is it's not, not good really enough push you no. up the league, is it, at all? No, you've got zero goal difference. So defensively, you're not too bad at all. Yeah, I mean, defensively, we're very sound. Gary Rowett is a manager who I think produces defensively sound teams. Structure and organisation has been his his watcher. We're in a, a transitional period, to be honest with you, Paul. We're trying to move away from what I always think of as our traditional mill style, which is 4-4-2, get the ball forwards, hit, hit Steve Morrison up front, Bosch, get it in there and get after it, you know. Um, and on its day, that's wonderful. Um, you know, I've seen some wonderful cup. It's cup tie football, basically. Mm. Um, what it won't do over, is over a 46-game programme, it won't take you into the into contention. It gets found out too often. So we're, we're trying to transition away from that. Um, we're in the middle of a probably a couple of um, tra- you know transfer windows required to fully get to where I think Rowett wants to get us to, which would be a more considered... Um, defence-based, but uh, with players that can play on the ball. Um, what he mustn't do is lose the Millwall fire, because that's what we want and that's who we are. Um, so he's got a, he's got a difficult job. Um, when it works, it, it's, it's worked well in the last couple of games. It's been a lot of, there's been a lot of so-so performances, though, which has been tough. Um, calling his position into question at times, because I think um, there's only so much turgid, boring football you can watch on iFollow before you think, I've had enough. <laughs> Yeah, no, I was going to say, what do the fans think of the fact that like, everybody knows outside Millwall how you're going to play? There's no real surprise to that. And it has been very successful for you. You're clever your size. I mean, Reading isn't that much different. Let's be honest about it. No, no, no. And no. you look at it and you think every club has their own way of playing. But if someone comes in and tries to play kind of, I don't know, slightly more pretty football, you can play football in any way. I don't think there's any wrong or no, right. No, no. Way. I agree. But... He must split the fans, surely, if you're not getting results. Um, I mean, number one, you've got to win. If you if you produce a win, you'll be you don't mind a bit of boredom to get there. If 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 you know it's the one nil to the Arsenal syndrome, isn't it? You'll you'll take it if it's if it's successful. The problem's been this season particularly, it's not been successful. It's been nearly successful a lot of the times, hence the number of draws. Um, but and then on occasions it's looked awful, absolutely awful. So you won't get away with that for long. Um, in some ways, the absence of fans has probably helped his cause because I, I dread to think the levels of abuse he would have been taking if there had been fans in and around the West Lower where he, where the uh, the management dugouts are. Um, so it's, it, I, I think probably that the last couple of games, Norwich particularly, but also Sheffield Wednesday second half, has just given a bit of a clue that we are going somewhere. 
Um, there is a plan. There is there is some framework in this mass of drawers, and mm. it, it's got a purpose. Um, so yeah, I mean, certainly was under pressure a little bit over the Christmas period when it just looked like um, you know we're getting dragged into the relegation um, zone, which is not what the, the plan was at the start of the season. No, you're a little bit distance away from that now, though, aren't you? I think you're seven points away, maybe, from that. So there's well, a bit. Up with, we, 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 you know, we've got, we've got the Millwall schizophrenia going on. There, we're looking upwards now. We've, we've lurched from relegation now to suddenly um, a possible a possible adrenaline ride towards the. the it's only ten points between us, and I think it's Bournemouth in, in six. So who knows? I mean, it's actually a big game Saturday. I think Reading are a decent, decent side, um, top six side at the moment. So um, to go there. Um, and if we can get a result there, that would be a big boost to the, to, the, to the campaign. And I think we've got Birmingham and I think we've got Wickham afterwards. So this is a big three points on Saturday at stake. So if we can pick something up there, then who knows? Um, otherwise, I think the, the the season will probably peter out to mid-table respectability um, whilst we get our players back fit again and, you know, hopefully a clear out in the summertime. Yeah, I mean, let's look at the clutch of players you've got that used to play for Redden. You've got Jake Cooper. You've got Alex Pierce. Good player. Good player. John... Alex Pierce. Jake, good player. Who was the next one? Alex Pierce. This is when it might start to get a little bit more. Um, no, not so good. <laughs> John no, no. And George Evans hasn't been there long. So let's. Yeah, um, really. uh... I, did, I didn't know that. Um, too early to judge on George. Um, yeah. John Daddy. Oh, mate. Um, I, I... <laughs> A player that seems to be on the brink of being a good player, and totally hear you on that. That's exactly how I felt about him when he was there. You think, oh, there's something there, and then no, no, there isn't. Is there? (laughs) I, I, he, he, he's, he's a frustrating player. He started on on Saturday, which surprised a lot of people. Um, Jed um, was um, was uh, was you know was rested. so John Daddy started, and that's not a fair exchange. I mean, I believe if you're going to have one, for, if you're going to take out Jed Wallace, you um, you cannot bring in John Daddy. He actually didn't do too bad in fairness. He's, he's, he's a not too bad player, um, but he's not brilliant. He doesn't pull trees up. He's a player you wouldn't cross the road to watch. Jed is a player you would cross the road to watch. Big difference. Yeah. Um, yeah no, Jack Cooper. Just... No, Jack Cooper. I think we... We, we we relieved Reading of, of a real prospect there. I, I, I don't know what your centre-halves look like now. They must be brilliant because um, if you can let Jake go. Um, I mean, he's come on a long way in fairness to him. He's, he's learned a lot. Mm. Um, he, he When Rowett first came to us, he, he got him making these kind of bizarre runs forward, which you're not we're not used to seeing Jake. It's a wonderful sight when he goes down the wing. Um, it's wonderful. Wow. You, you've got no soul if you don't like to see Jake Cooper as a winger. You know, it's just wonderful. Yeah. Totally. Effective. It's it's been a tough season. A lot of that um, frivolity, um, flair, whatever, whatever way you want to put it, has slightly gone out of the of the side this season. So it's been a tough, tough watch in some ways. But Jake Cooper, no, one of my favourite players, real um, gives you one hundred percent every time. And and there's not many players in the game that you can say that about. So um, he's a, he was a good signing from Reading. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. There's a lot of Ren fans that would like to have kept him there, never get going. And that was another one of Yapstam uh, kind of decisions that yeah, yeah. come back to haunt us. But in the flip side of that, now we have Tom McIntyre in our team, who's actually a Ren fan. 
and okay. come through our academy. So it kind of balances out. You've got a good player. We've got a good one. So that's six foot five or so, isn't it? He's just uh, he's a big boy. I've, I've stood next to him, and he's he's, he's unfeasibly tall, and um, you know he's, he's got this kind of slight. Um, Choir boy face, but yeah. he's, he's a tough character, and he's he tall. Um, and he's, he's obviously a great threat in in, in um, set pieces. We haven't really exploited that this season, which comes back to the goal scoring mm. thing that we we touched on. Um, Jake is a is, is a threat at, um, at, at in, in corners and set pieces, as is Sean Hutchinson alongside him. So, um, you know, we will be looking, I think, to to use both. Um, you know, hopefully to our to our advantage Saturday. We'll yeah, there's someone in our podcast team who used to go to school with Jake Cooper and actually really? not him, and he does like to mention it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need to know the full Jake Cooper childhood story. Another day. Podcast for another another day. <laughs> yeah. Just one of those random stories, isn't Absolutely. it? I think Jake's done a little bit better with his professional career, just slightly. He's improved a lot. His awareness is improving and... Mm. As I say, um, Rowett had him in, in forward positions, which we never never would have expected. And I think that kind of gave him a, a boost, you know, the fact that he's trusted to go forwards on occasions. So um, we'll see. Yeah, going back a bit further, I think you may be of a similar vintage as myself and can remember well, Terry Herlock. I can never forget Terry Herlock, Paul. He's a, <laughs> he's a mill icon. I'm an absolute mill oh. icon. Don't um, argue with Terry. Do not argue with him. No way. <laughs> but a, a great midfielder um, because obviously there was the physical presence and the physicality of him, of, of, of him as a player. But he also had touch. I thought he was a wonderful, a wonderful player of the ball. Mm. And if you want the, um, you know, if you if, if we could maybe um, clone Terry Herlock and have like a breeding farm at our, <laughs> at our, our training ground where we produce a, a whole army of Terry Herlocks, that's the ideal mill player. Um we, we've signed um, a Dutch player called uh, Michael Kiftenbelt recently from Birmingham. It, was, it was, gives a little hint of the of the of the Herlock ability to play the ball, but also take the man out when it needs to be done as well. Um, <laughs> the pure violence, which we all we all appreciate. Definitely. There's a time and a place. <laughs> there's a time and a place. Um, but no, yeah, uh, Herlock. Of course, he played for Reading and, and Brentford, I believe, before that. Yeah, yeah, we signed him in '85 or '86. We won the league, and then he was uh, with us for a couple of seasons. Then went to you, and obviously did fantastic in the first division, as it was. There was a league before Sky, believe it or not. Absolutely, <laughs> but that was what Reading went unbeaten for practically the whole season. They were, they were top of the table. For, for, that was the 106 one. That was oh, was it? Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Was, I know it was one season they they performed miracles. Mm. It seemed. I'm happy but, yeah. to talk about that, Nick. We can we can go off beam. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been at Elm Park, which was a, a ground again talking about vintage. That was that was one of my favourite grounds to visit, Elm Park. And I regret the day that the uh, that Reading dropped the biscuit men and became the Royals. I think there's something gone from the club with that. Yeah, that, that was that, a that thing. That was way back in the 70s they did that. They had something yeah. in the local paper. Bring it and back. decided to change it. So <laughs> it came from there. But yeah, the biscuit men, I don't know. I Yeah. I'm I too- liked it. Hunting Palmers, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it made sense, obviously, with the um, biscuit factory at Huntley and Palmer's. There's one for the kids, the references. Go and look that one up. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. What are you thinking then about Saturday, then, Nick? Do you think it's going to be a successful one? Oh, wow. Um, it's... <sighs> It's a hard one to answer, Paul, because it depends which Millwall version you get. Um, what I'm expecting is the Millwall away version, which is a very tough team to beat, a very tough team to break down. 
Um, we seem to have um, an ability to soak up pressure. We, we haven't mentioned the goalkeeper, Bart Bielkowski, who produces miracle saves like you and I might, you know, brush our teeth in the morning. It's just what he does. Yeah. Um, so I think if we if, if we keep that shape and structure, we'll be very hard to beat. It'll come down to, um, and forgive me, I don't know enough about the Reading forward line to know how good they are at unpicking defences. So again, that will be keeping them quiet will be key from the Millwall perspective. Um, it, it then depends as to whether we can get a, a free kick corner or something that might go in off someone's backside and get a goal at the other end. So I'm 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 I'm. On the back of a 4-1 win on, on Saturday and on a, a bit of a, a good game against Norwich, I've gone from um, despair to um, optimism overnight, as is the Millwall way. And I'm going to predict a Reading nil Millwall 1 game on Saturday. That's my call. I'm, I'm backing us. OK, no, fair enough. One last question. Over yep. the years, is there any Reading player that you've liked to have seen at Millwall that you haven't put on the side and they're already there now, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a tough one to answer. I mean, I, I, I can remember Kerry Dixon playing for Reading and he came to the Lions late, late, late in his career and he's ex-Chelsea mm. player. Um, and obviously Herlock, you've, you've mentioned already. Um, and then we've got the you know, we, we seem to either get duds or um, or, or good players from Reading. Um, so I don't know, the, I don't know the current squad to know, um, you know, know enough about answering that question, I'm afraid for you, Paul. But um, we've been very happy with the ones that we've had that have been good. And John Daddy's on the on the uh, the Heathrow Express going going westwards, you know. <laughs> I bought his ticket earlier on. <laughs> no, I can get that with John Daddy, he definitely split our fans. So thanks a lot for joining us, Nick. We'll be back with a podcast right after the match on Saturday, and I'm going to predict a Reading win. Of course, you'd expect that, Nick, wouldn't you? 2 1 win. We'll see how it goes. Cheers.